God says, the plans I have for you are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Isn't that a good scripture? Because we've all blown it. Amen. We all make mistakes. It says that means God still has a plan for your life. And if you seek him wholeheartedly, he will reveal it to you. You ask, how do you know God still has a plan for me? Because you're still breathing. I like that. How many are breathing here today? God has a plan for you. He has a plan for every single person he's ever created, and it never goes out of date. Unlike the milk in your supermarket that has an expiration date after which it cannot be used, God's plans don't have expiration dates. Even if you've gone astray, missed his plan for years, that plan can still swing into operation the moment you turn your life over to him and fall in line with his will. Now, the plan may be somewhat modified from what it would have been 20 years ago if, you, if you'd paid attention, but that doesn't stop God. He can adapt to fit. This is so good. God the Father can adapt to fit anything that comes up in any life that's ever lived, including yours. Isn't that good? I like that. So take encouragement every day as you read, read the Scriptures, as you read that, know that God has a plan and a future for you. Amen. Now look in your Bibles to Hebrews again, chapter 6. A couple weeks ago I started talking about being sluggish spiritually, and then Kathy ministered last week, and I want, I want to just go one more time with this subject, and then maybe we'll get back into <clears throat> purpose. We'll see. I want to read to you from Hebrews chapter 6. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Or how should we say it? Let's grow up. Let's mature. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to, the, to an open shame. For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessings from God. God, but if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected, near to be cursed, whose end is to be burned. But beloved, are you the beloved of God? Yes. We are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown toward his name, in that you in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each of you show the same what? Diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen? So we don't want to become sluggish. Now, one translation says it this way. 
in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who through faith by their leaning of the entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, goodness, and by the practice of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promises. And we said, Rick Renner said it this way. He says, quit being slothful. Quit acting like someone who's lost his enthusiasm and excitement and has now sunk into a state of being slow, boring, monotonous, sluggish, dull, and uninterested. Now, does that describe you at all? Not necessarily today, but have you ever felt that way? I have. The rest of you are just perfect. Sure, there's times that we're going to be slow and boring and monotonous and sluggish and dull and uninterested. But he said being slothful or sluggish has nothing to do with the amount of energy you and I are put out to do a job. Instead, it speaks of an inward condition. Inwardly, you're stuck in neutral. So it's not so much about outside. It's more about what's going on in your heart now. And we're living in a time and an hour where it can be real easy to get our eyes off of Christ and get our eyes on anything else and be distracted by that. So uh, I want to, uh, I'm going to give you some scriptures and, and uh, I won't have you turn there. But today I want to look at, you know, again, what can you and I do? What's the remedy for being sluggish, uninterested, dull and boring, monotonous, distracted? What can, is there something you and I can do? Sure there is. The first thing is, and we talked about this, we alluded to this <clears throat> last time a couple of weeks ago. You and I, in, in Scripture, it says in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Take an honest assessment of your own heart. What's that mean? That means you need to deal with it. Last Yesterday, I, I married... Uh, a cup, the couple that was back here. You remember they visited. They were one of Caleb's buddies. And the one thing that I shared with them, and I was real point blank with them, and I said, listen, Zach, and I looked right at Zach, I says, don't try to change her. You worry or be concerned about Zach. Zach being a good man. Zach being a good husband. Zach being a good father. Then I looked at her and I says, you be concerned, Alicia, about being a good woman, a good wife, a good mother. See, we're so quick to try to, we want to change everybody else but ourselves. And you and I, we need to work on our own. Am I the only one here today that needs to make some adjustments? Uh Uh-uh. No. We all need to, we're not, we're not perfect. I also went on and I told him, I gave him three or four different things. And the last thing I told him, <laughs> I said, I'm, I just said this, eliminate the D word. And Zach looks at me, he's standing there, you know. What? What? I said, eliminate the D word. And they all, all is, we're coming up with words. I'll, I'll clue you afterwards. Finally, I said, eliminate the D word, divorce. Did you all get that? Did you get the D word? Some of you just wake up. 
Oh, yeah, eliminate the D word. So I, I, I really tried to encourage them, but I, need to, I wanted them to understand you need to work on your own individual life. Don't try to, I tried to change her a long time ago and I quit. Didn't work, Gunner. It was difficult trying to change her because I can't. But I can change me. One of the things I told them, I said, listen, watch your words, you too. I said, if I could go, now this is the honest God's truth. If I could go back, I'll be married 36 years next July 18th. If I could go back and change anything in our marriage relationships, it would be the angry and thoughtless words I spoke to her. So I hope something I said to them sunk in. So we need to examine our own heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you take a spiritual inventory of your life. What areas of your life have you become sluggish and dull and uninterested? Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's the Word. Maybe it's worship. Maybe it's church attendance. Maybe it's reaching out to other people. Whatever it is, examine yourself. Then we said, number two, you need to repent. And I don't need to go into that because you know what repent means. So then I want to go on and, and I want you to understand when you find yourself in this condition, you need to take a proactive response. You need to really be aggressive in dealing with this. Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. They had a dance, and I, I, I like 70s music. This music sucks today. It does. It's all that you can't understand them, and it rhymes, and it raps, and it's stupid. And I, some of it's vulgar. Now, 70s wasn't great, I mean, but it wasn't as vulgar and in your face as it is today. So I went up to this young girl that was running, and by the looks of her, I should have realized she has no clue of anything from the 70s. I says, I want 99 by Toto. How many know that song? Oh, great. Two of you. <laughs> God. So we, I want to dance with my wife because we danced to that song when we were in, you know, had a rehearsal dance before the wedding, so I wanted to dance with her. So I go up on the floor, and we're the only ones out there dancing. She cuts it off halfway through and goes into another stupid song. Wasn't happy. That was just a side note. 70s is still the best. Second Timothy chapter 1. Apostle Paul's talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound disciplined mind. Now, I want you to see something. This is not a request by the apostle to his young spiritual son, Pastor Timothy. It's a command. At this point, so we don't understand, if you look, dig deeper, what was going on in history at the time, there was a tremendous persecution in the church. And I'll tell you what, young Timothy, the preacher, was dealing with some major issues. And I think he had a, 
an issue called fear. And of course, the apostle Paul was trying to encourage him, but he said, what was he supposed to do? He was supposed to stir up the gift. So what are you and I supposed to do when we get bored and apathetic and indifferent? We're supposed to stir up the gift. Something was deposited in the young Timothy by the laying on of hands. There was a spiritual gift there. But yet Timothy had to take personal responsibility in stirring up the gift. It's not my job to knock on your door when you're feeling blue and help you stir up your gift. You have to do it yourself. I have to do it myself. And you've got to find a way to do it. There's an, it says here in another translation, that is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, and fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. Now, the other day, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, Caleb and Kaylee had a bonfire at some friends, and they took, you know, they moved to Carney, and they still come home, and they take stuff from me. Well, they brought it back. Fire pit. You know, those metal fire pits. They, and, of course, they didn't put it back, Carl, where it's supposed to go back. They just put it out front because who's going to put it back where it's supposed to go back? Dad. Do you have to do that with your kids once in a while? You've got to pick up after them. And so they'd have this, and they'd, they'd I guess we found out later, they, after the, their fire that they had, they poured three buckets of water on that fire. And so I'm thinking, well, the fire's out. And we pick, I pick that pit up, and I look, and it's on fire. There are red-hot embers in this fire pit. And so instead of dragging it clear to the back, I thought, well, let's have a fire. And so I got a stick, and I began to stir up that pit that fire pit, yes, we had to work at it because they dumped water on it. But it wasn't very difficult because it was just red. You know how those, fi- how those they just burn down to charcoals and they're just red hot. See, <clears throat> the fire was there. On the surface, you wouldn't know that. But it was there. And see, there's times when people look at us. I look at you sometimes on Sunday morning and I think, is there a fire in you? There is. It's in you. It's in me. But you've got to stoke the fire. You've got to stir it up and you've got to find out how to do it on your own. I just got to go and have pastor prop me up again so I can get through this next week. Shame on you. You can do it yourself. When we came, in, came here 30 plus years, I don't know how many years it's been. It's been a long time. There were times Kathy and I had nobody. And I mean nobody in the natural that knew what was going on in our lives, the things that we were dealing with that our father did. And we had to do some things. And see, that's the thing. And in some of these churches you go to today, 
I'm trying to be polite. That's difficult for me sometimes. They're gonna, you're going to go to that church and they're just going to pat you on the back and they're going to stroke you. Oh, you poor thing. What can we do to help you? And we've always, I'm sorry, my wife and I are not that way. It's not a natural inclination for us to just come up and hug you and pat you on the back and say, Oh, it's going to be all right, little sheepy. Why? It's just because we've always had to do things ourselves. We've had to learn how to dig down deep, stoke the fire, stir the embers so we can continue to go on. You can do it. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. You can do it. You have a responsibility to do it. It's not my responsibility. It's not your mate's responsibility. It's your responsibility to stir up the flame that's on the inside of you. Now, I can poke you. That's what I'm doing right now. Take the poker. I can do that, I guess. Stir you up. Stir up in the Greek, it's a triple compound of three Greek words, A-N-A, Z-O-O-S, and P-U-R. A-N-A means repeating an earlier action or doing the same thing again. Repeating an earlier, what do you mean repeating? There are times you're just, you're going to have to, I have certain rituals, certain things I do every day. And some days it can seem monotonous, but there are some days and I will take the prayers of Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians, and I'll pray them. And sometimes it takes me 12 to 15 minutes to pray the Word of God. Then there's times what I do now because we have daycare over there and the kids are screaming. And so I do have to come over here in my prayer time. And I'll stand there in the foyer because, boy, do I sound good when I sing. Oh, America's Got Talent. I should be on that show. What I could, the acoustics are wonderful. So what I do is I sing in the spirit. <clears throat> Some of you don't even sing in the spirit. Some of you today here don't even pray in the spirit. But you need to. Because that's a way of stoking the fire. And I'll sing in the spirit. And I, and I you know, some, how many of you can do things half-heartedly? And there's times I find myself worshiping God half-heartedly. And then I have this sudden revelation. My Creator's listening to me. My folks might be up there in heaven listening to me. And I'm doing it half-heartedly. What's that? It, it stirs you. You've got to give it your all. What do you tell the kids when, in wrestling? You've got to give it your all. Whatever you do in life, take your guns down to the basement. Well, that's giving it your all, I guess. You should have seen him. I'm standing there. The neighbor's out mowing the yard. The sirens are going off, so I'm just out. Everybody goes out to look. You notice that? Tornado sirens. They don't go to the basement. We go out and look, but he's running through the house, taking stuff and go up and down and up and down. I'm glad that boy of mine's got his priorities in order. Repeating an action. 
Z-O-O-S means to be enthusiastic, to be fervent, to be passionate, to be wholehearted, to be zealous. P-U-R is the Greek word for fire. But don't expect someone else to do it for you. The Bible says in Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit. You've got to do it. And there's days, maybe it's just me, my flesh just recoils from wanting to go worship God. You all have, I'm real honest and transparent. There's days I don't feel spiritual. Do you? There are days I just don't feel like reading the Word. There's days that I don't feel like praying. And that's where you find out if you could, you've got a will and you've got to make that decision, I will worship God this day. Maybe it is half-hearted, but at least step out and do something. Now I want you to look. I'm going to close with this because this is important. I didn't have this till this morning, and I think this is really crucial. This is a key. So you've got to examine your heart. You repent. And then you've got to take a proactive response. You've got to do something. This is in Ezekiel chapter 37. Everyone say dry bones. And, you know, they, they, this is in reference to the nation of Israel. But we can apply this to ourselves. In verse, uh, chapter 37, verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, <clears throat> and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very what? Dry. There's another word. As believers, we can become dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, Oh, Lord God, you know. And look at verse 4. Again he said to me, what did he say to the prophet? He said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Verse 9, And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, and that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me. That's an obedient man of God. And what came on them or into them? Breath. The breath of life came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet in an exceedingly great army. And he said, then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you, bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Now, I realize that's reference to the nation of Israel, but there's a double meaning there. It also applies to you and I. 
How many of you have the Spirit of God in you? You need to understand you have a responsibility and you can do this. You speak. Did it rain, by the way? Do you remember we even played? What did we pray the other night? What do we need? You that were here, what did we pray for? Did we have rain? Same week. Three quarters of an inch. God answers and heeds prayer. He watches over his word to perform it. So if you've got something in your life right now, you've got a mountain, if your life is dry and you just don't feel, you know, very on fire, what can you do? What can you do? You prophesy, you speak to the dryness, to the dry bones, and command a flood to come, a refreshing to come. You can do that. Brenda Kuhneman says, and she quotes Acts 17, 25, it says, God the Father, he giveth to all life and breath and all things. I have breathed life into you, says the Spirit. Breathe deeply now and say, the Spirit of life is upon me. I shall not be short of breath nor short of any provision, for the Holy Spirit gives me life and a breath of fresh air. It says, when God made Adam, he didn't come to life until God breathed into him. Breath gives life, both spiritually and physically. Health experts say there are certain health benefits to clear and proper breathing in addition to other important lifestyle changes. Some reports have said that deep and proper breathing techniques can reduce high blood pressure by increasing oxygen in the blood. It says many who have suffered from allergies, asthma, similar conditions that affect the ability to take take clear and deep breaths know how, how a lack of good breathing can reduce the quality of life. And when God breathed into Adam, it gave him physical life. Then later Jesus breathed on his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit, which gave them spiritual life. Acts 17, 25 says that God gives both life and breath and provision for all things. So take a deep breath today and let the life of God fill your lungs and your soul. Let each deep breath cause you to see yourself drinking in the life of God spiritually, emotionally, physically. Receive a Holy Spirit breath of fresh air. But you got to speak. You got to speak to those dry places in your life. God has breathed his spirit into us. We have the spirit of God, the spirit of life. But you have, to, you have to do it. Let's stand on our feet this morning. What are you going to do, preacher? Lay hands on us? No, not, that's not necessary. I'm going to speak life to you. <clears throat> the breath of life. The spirit of God. Some of you, I could say today, you know, how many of you feel dry and listless and indifferent, you know, and some of you'd raise your hand and some of you wouldn't, but I'm just going to take it for granted that everyone here needs it. Everyone here needs it. And I want you to do this in your own prayer time. You know, speak. Everyone speak. Say it. Speak. Scripture tells us in Job to declare and decree a thing. And it shall be established for you and light shall shine upon your pathway. So we need to declare and decree some things. 
If things are out of order in your life, command order to come into your life. Whether it be spiritually, physically, financially, speak it, declare it. If you're dry, speak to those dry bones to come alive. Father, today in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, for the breath of life. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you indwell us. I thank you, Father God, you've promised to, Lord God, pour water upon the dry places. Flood the dry places, Father. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak to this body of Harvest Church. I command the dry bones to live, to come alive. Indifference and apathy, sluggishness, slothfulness to go in the name of Jesus. I command life and strength to come into this people in this hour. Strength to go forward in Jesus' name. Dry bones you shall live. Dry bones you shall come alive. Harvest church rise up and fulfill its destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. Everyone raise your hands this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for that outpouring. I thank you, Lord, that refreshing is a result of repentance. And so, Father, we've repented. We did that, Lord, already. We've re repented, Lord God, of, of being sluggish and indifferent. So thank you, Lord, for that refreshing. And by faith, as we prayed, believe God for natural rain, I thank you for that spiritual rain to bring healing upon this people in this hour in the name of Jesus. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. But I only put my faith in your word because your word is real. Father, I thank you today, Lord God. These dry bones shall come alive and bear fruit, Father, and advance the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. And everyone that believed that shouted, Amen. shouted, Amen. shouted, Amen. Amen. Amen.